Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season 2, Episode 5, CB4. Directed by Tamara Davis, written by Chris Rock, Nelson George, and Robert Lokash, and produced by Nelson George. Starring Chris Rock, Alan Payne, Deezer D, Charlie Murphy, Tandy Alexander, Phil Hartman, and Chris Elliott. In this episode, we'll answer the question, can you fake it till you make it as a gangster rapper? CB4 is a 1993 comedy starring Chris Rock, Alan Payne, and Deezer D, who form a gangster rap trio named after the prison block where the group was allegedly formed. Chris Rock's character, Albert Brown, assumes the identity and persona of Gusto, an intimidating club owner and kingpin who had ties to the hip hop industry. The movie parodies NWA and other aspects of gangster rap, which rose to prominence in the late 1980s and early 1990s. So, Boogie, tell us a little bit about the movie. What were some of the key things that you liked about CB4? Yeah, CB4, I think it was absolutely hilarious. And I, I just love off-the-wall comedy and parodies and, you know, the slapstick stuff, just like you, JB. So yeah. I, I laughed through the whole movie because it was just so over the top with some of the scenes and some of the, the references that they played out in it. And it, 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 it was really cool, too, about it is that it played like a doc, like a, it was a mockumentary. So, and I love documentaries. So it was like a parody of a documentary on a fictional group that was parodying an actual group. So there was several layers to it. So, you know, you just had to look at the nuances and just appreciate the, you know, the hilarious scenes that, that played out. And the, the question that was posed by Dino Wright, faking it as a gangster rapper, I mean, that's that's pretty serious and you can end up you know with some serious bodily harm at the bare minimum <laughs> but they made light of it and you know i think it played out really well yeah i agree i it, i had never seen it before so i didn't know what to expect but i really enjoyed it the opening credits really brought me right in to it it was like a hip-hop museum yeah. set to the show by slick rick and dougie fresh and i just love that song that was like one of the original classics of hip-hop um the, the, the a lot of comedies parodies like you said uh they have a guy that's a performer named wacky d he looks like an mc hammer knockoff <laughs> which was funny <laughs> wacky d <laughs> the, the, the names that the guys uh, assume as part of this fake trio mc gusto because he took on that persona Stabmaster Arson and Dead Mike. <laughs> I was just cracking up. <laughs> they flash those names on the screen, and oh, like, that's pretty. That's pretty funny. Dino, right? What were some of the highlights for you? Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> uh, first of all, Chris Elliott is a comic genius. He was great. It was fun to see Shirley Hemphill in this movie. Three of us are big What's Happening fans, and of course, yeah. she was Shirley in that, and that was fun to see. There were a lot of ties to other movies. You know, this is a comedy that that plays off of a lot of gangster rap themes and other like uh, other movies with 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 gangster rap themes in them. So like Alan Payne was also in New Jack City <laughs> before this. 
And even Lawanda Page is in this movie also. Yes, the Lawanda Page effect. I feel like just like every movie she's in. (laughs) I'm coining it, the Lawanda Page effect. (laughs) Done. We we need a tally of who is in the most of these movies that we. I feel like we've talked about Lawanda Page like every time. (laughs) She's got the comedic chops. That's why she's always in these comedies. It's like a a rite of passage. If you want to make a classic comedy about some some West Coast hip hop themed or whatever. You must have Lawanda Page at least have it be in that movie for about five minutes at bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like your path to, to, to success. Seriously. Yeah. It's a gem. I, I have a lot of things I, I like, but those, some of those were the big ones. It was it was cool to see Candy Alexander and Phil Hartman in this. You know, they, they were in news radio after this. I think it was after this. Um, yeah. I think so. at, at the same time. And so that that's fun. And, Tommy Davidson has a, a cameo, an uncredited cameo in this. Yeah. It's weird Warren. Weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, he hosts a video show. <laughs> so there's a lot of, lot of little references to a lot of things. We'll get into that, but really fun. This is a really fun movie. <laughs> it had a very serious sort of undertone that they were, they were faking. <laughs> right. I mean, to piggyback off what Boogie was saying, it's I like that it was a documentary. Chris Elliott was hilarious, like you said, Donna Wright. He's ultra nerdy, fanboy type guy. He's like the antithesis of, of gangster, right? So yeah. he's <laughs> the funny. There's a funny scene when um, Chris Rock's character was, was he comes back out to his jeep and there's a ticket for a parking ticket, <laughs> and he comes out. <laughs> and, yeah, Chris Elliott's character is like, you see this? He is throwing out a state issued ticket, and now he's playing a new jam. And then later on, he's like, well, this is my first drive-by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. out by the real gusto. Oh, man. That was great. That was great. That was and then, really um, funny. There's also the fake interviews uh, in, in the beginning yeah. where, where they have the real hip-hop yes. artists, Ice-T, Ice-Cube, Halle Berry, Flavor Flav, a very young and, and svelte Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq is in there. Mm-hmm. Young Shaq. Like, wow. Shaq was only like, I'm thinking it was like 23, 24 at that time. Yeah, that's when he was playing on a magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy, Did he put easy. out his album by then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have to check the, the, check the, the dates on I it. had that. I had that Shaq cassette. Uh, Shaq Fu. He was, <laughs> Shaq he got to start with the Fu Schnickens and then he yes. had his own little cassette. Yeah. Can we rock? What's up, Doc? <laughs> oh, man. That was, was great stuff. But yeah, it's funny that the, the, the fake interviews were were believable they were like talking about this this yeah. hardcore rap like oh we thought we were hardcore but wait till these cb4 guys man they put us to shame uh, it, was, yeah. it was funny ice t was gave the ultimate og cosign he did that's right <laughs> he was wearing the, the jacket for him and everything i'm like wow look at that <laughs> that was pretty funny <laughs> but you know the one thing that stuck out though when they got the flavor flav and he was like i don't believe these guys he was calling them out early yeah <laughs> right he did. <laughs> and you figure you know him being from you know primarily you know repping repping p on, a, on the east coast he was just like yeah i don't believe it yeah <laughs> <right>. <laughs> i took that east coast rapper to, to figure it out <laughs> that was yeah. pretty funny yeah, that was good there's so many there's funny dialogue too um it's funny the dialogue, there was one piece of dialogue where Gusto or the Chris Rocks Gusto uh, was talking about George Jefferson being a sellout. Yeah, big debate about that. And that was almost like Tarantino like to me, like how, how there's all this 
dialogue that's kind of joking, but there's like a deep meaning to it. It's like, man, George Jefferson was a sellout. Like <laughs> he was like bound down the white man. They're like, no, no, he only he only listened to the white man if there was money involved. And <laughs> I was just like cracking up at that whole the whole little skit there. Yeah, that it, was, it was very Tarantino. It time. was very definitely very Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was pretty good. And speaking of this um, in the car that I love that King of Rock uh, skit where they were playing out the different parts of Run oh, DMC. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was hilarious because they were hitting the notes right on cue. Someone was playing Run, someone was DMC, someone was Jam Master J. And then the tape, the cassette tape slows down and speeds up. And, was, and they didn't miss a beat. And they're like, man, you got to fix your tape or your tape deck. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Oh, like, I was cracking up when it sped up. <laughs> yeah that's uh, really good <laughs> oh, man. good stuff yeah oh man yeah, it is like so many like funny scenes like i was cracking up too at the part with you know chris ellie he, he, he's doing his, his documentary and he's so oblivious to what's going on and he's standing outside of the, the watts towers in the background he's got the camera down and the guys jack the camera and start and take off with it. he's like hey come back <laughs> <laughs> That was really like, funny. Dude, like you, you don't just leave that there. <laughs> How about trust us? Trust us. <laughs> Shady record producer. Yeah. <laughs> Industry rule number four thousand and eighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. People are shady. <laughs> now I can really put a, a face to that to that lyric. <laughs> yeah, it's that's trust exactly, us. That's exactly what it was, man. <laughs> trust us was the was the face to that line. <laughs> yeah. He was shady. Like even like the questions that he was posing to them before he even signed them. Yeah. I, did any of you take those the notes down what he was asking? I oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have it down. That was hilarious. He's like, do you cuss? Do you defile women? Defile <laughs> women. <laughs> do you grab your genitals? Do you have no respect for anyone? And they're like, not at all. Not at all. Oh, hell no. <laughs> All right, you're signed. <laughs> oh man, I was cracking up. I was like, dude. <laughs> and then they want to go with the name C4. It's like, what about going like ice pick or ice coffee? Like ice is really, really a thing right now. <laughs> so disingenuous. <laughs> oh, it was great. It's like in the back of his head, he knew that whole CB4 idea was a bad idea, but he just like, you know what? I'm gonna push this because they can make some money for me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they had the um, flashback scene where CB4, they, well, Chris Rocket always wanted to be a rapper. And I think it was the old Bohemians and then the bag heads are wearing like the uh, saran oh, yeah. wrap or shower caps on their head. That yes. were the bag heads <laughs> or the, and the overweight lovers. Overweight lovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really well done. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the crazy thing about it is that a lot of rap acts, they transition like that too because yes. even NWA actually, you know, they were a world class world class wrecking crew before they became NWA. Like mm-hmm. they, there was something behind that. They reinvent themselves before they get signed, and or mm-hmm. when they get signed, they kind of go through a bit of a transition direction that the record label wants to push them in to make that money. <laughs> yeah, it happens in a lot of. Yeah. A lot of artists have to go through this kind of commercially influenced change. Right. I mean, granted, you know, world class wrecking crew wasn't the Mad Bohemians or the Bagheads or the Holy Lovers, but <laughs> you know, it's like they they parody. They even like 
you know, when they were parodying NWA, they kind of parodied on that aspect of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, and, and uh, speaking of gusto, man, the the real the real gusto played by my man, the late Charlie Murphy, man, brother to Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's anything I see him in, he makes me laugh because. He, like he plays that tough guy thing so funny, but it's the dude is hilarious. He's a, he's a comedic genius. Like he's he was hilarious. <laughs> so like he's trying to be all tough and he's like intimidating, but you know, dude is he's funny. He's <laughs> just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He should get his due as as someone who is truly really talented. Yeah, just happened to have a superstar brother. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. <laughs> I mean, later on in, in the Dave Chappelle stuff, yeah, Ryan Murphy is just terrific. Oh, I love those skits. I love those Chappelle skits. Whatever it is, man, I can watch those. Just those, like over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll be telling the stories about him interacting with Rick James and <laughs> so good. You know all these other stories. Like, dude, it's hilarious, and he says it with such a straight face that. And you know, in the inside, he's probably cracking up, but he's telling it with a straight face. Meanwhile, we're all falling on the floor laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just maintaining composure. And he's like, you know, you kind of see that, you know, playing out as he played Gusto. That's funny. You know, going back to Trust Us, the record producer, even um, he gets he gets buried with his <laughs> cell phone held to his ear. <laughs> he was such a shady character that the one dude that had... Oh. Uh, he had a debt that that he owed, that trust us owed him. <laughs> he punched he punched him in the face in the coffin. And he was like, I want my money. <laughs> that was really funny. Oh the man, that was wacky D of all people. Oh wacky, <laughs> that's right. Oh my god, that was crazy. Oh, so I love. We'll talk about the music a little bit later, but the music. I mean, they they did so well with the music. Like I said, King of Rock, um, the show. They had some classics and. Um, they did Eric B and Rakim's paid in full when they started hitting yes. the big and, and yes. they started showing all the money flying off the shelves and stuff. I was like, that's the perfect song right there. So perfect. that was great that they, that they had that in there. Yeah. And there was all these other side characters, just like we had in some of these other movies. Um, the spiritual guy, Baba Ak. Baba Ak. <laughs> <laughs> was he remind me of like preach from don't be a menace or mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah. And Dead Mike becomes a follower of his, where he he's he's all in on the uh, the CB4, you know, gangster. But he has that other side where he's like, man, we should be, you know, followers of of the spiritual way, and you know, trying to get back to the motherland and, and all this stuff. <laughs> and he kind of gets kind of gets brainwashed by the Baba Act guy. Um, it was kind of funny. Oh man, his song, his solo song. His solo song. So let's talk about that. It reminded me of the Nat X skits that Chris Rock used to do on SNL, right? On Saturday Night Live. Yes. <laughs> like that, that, like I see like the connect, like the, the genesis of it. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched CB4 and that scene came on. My sister and I laughed so hard. It was just, 
it was just we we couldn't stop laughing. Like the scene had gone, and you know they were moved on, and we were just still laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to rewind that scene back and just play it over and over again because it was just so funny. Like he was dead, like dead Mike was dead serious. And <laughs> <laughs> so they and they were like switching the camera angles, and he's looking at the camera, and he's switching to the thing, and he look at the camera. <laughs> oh man, too funny. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of SNL, Phil Hartman played the role as a local politician, yeah. Virgil Robinson, and I think his son stole the show. His <laughs> son loved CB4. He had the, the gear, and he's singing all the lyrics when it comes on the video, and he's doing all, even the cursing and stuff. <laughs> and it just, you can see, it just totally ticked off Phil Hartman's character, Virgil Robinson. Um, <laughs> and Phil Hartman, was he, he was so perfect for that role because... He has that straight edge quality where he could just yes. go that way. He's like so ultra conservative. It's like, you know, even to the point of these guys are wearing their baseball caps backwards, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so offensive to everybody <laughs> in the lyrics in there. They're so horrible and it's ruining society. Oh man, it was good. Yeah. And like that whole scene, like, when they were about to do their concert and he was giving them like the rundown of all of the different things that they could, you know, reading them the riot act, what they couldn't do yeah. or say during their performance, that, that whole aspect is also, you know, that they did the same thing in NWA. Right. With the F the, F the police song, like they were threatened that they couldn't perform that song. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They went out on the stage and they did exactly what, you know, see before they, they actually were like, you know what? And then dropped it, and you know what happened? They, the cops came after them, and they got arrested. You know, so it was like, wow, you know, like you can see the definite parallels of where you know, so, you know, the storyline was coming from, which was pretty cool. And they put that little comedic twist on it. <laughs> it's crazy how far we've come as a society with the explicit lyrics. Remember, that was a big thing: is is the label on all the CDs yep. and stuff? Yep. Like you have to have that explicit lyrics and. Uh, NWA, like you said, they defied the uh, the orders of the police, and of course, Two Live Crew, which was known for a lot of like sexually explicit lyrics and stuff like that, and that they they got in trouble a bunch of times um, mm-hmm. to the point where they <laughs> they had a song F Martinez about the mayor of Miami, I think, and um, then they came out with Banned in the USA as a yeah. as a parody of Born in the USA because they were banned, but nowadays you have like. You have the Cardi B's, you have uh, Ariana Grande, even a bunch of just every other word's a curse and, and explicit stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, it, it gets by. Funny thing on my way home today from work, <laughs> two live crew pops up on the radio and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Pop the radio. If, uh, if you guys are interested in a uh, really good series uh, on the birth of southern hip-hop and and the two live crew the the mogul podcast season two is about uh two live crew it's really good Uh, i'll link to it in the show notes but uh, listeners if you have listened to that it's terrific yeah i saw i saw a piece on on the birth of the hip-hop down there in miami on the hip-hop evolution show on netflix also yeah luther campbell he used to just do a bunch of house parties aka luke skywalker bunch of house parties house parties and all this thing of people on the streets you know you get the bikini clad women and he turned that into a whole act and, and kind of pushed the envelope yeah like a Miami bass sound 
Yeah. And it was just, you know, that Miami bass sound was crazy. I mean, yeah. even in the non-hip-hop songs, that bass was just kicking. So he just capitalized on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Long times. So back to the CB4, you know, they end up being a big hit. CB4 makes it big. But then like with a lot of groups, they end up having issues, internal feuds and whatnot. Uh, they break up and the part that they had these guys, it was funny how they had it with the dead Mike song. I know uh, <laughs> I'm black song. <laughs> <laughs> like every other word is like, I'm black. I'm black. Y'all I'm black. I'm black. Cause I'm black. <laughs> I'm black. I'm black. That was just hilarious. Uh, because again, he was a follower of ba- Baba Ak where it was like, just talk about your blackness. That's it. You know? And then Stabmaster Arson starts his own group, Silent but Deadly. <laughs> like, it's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> a, bunch of, just a bunch of girls dancing, and he's just scratching. <laughs> yeah. <Is it> okay. <laughs> oh, man. And then they have a funny scene towards the end uh, where Chris Rock's character is having a dream sequence about a hip hop retirement home. Oh, that was really good. That was really funny. <laughs> that was funny. It was an older version of Queen Latifah and Flavor Flav. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that was like uh, an awakening for him. Like, I don't want to end up like this. I don't want to I yeah. keep, keep, keep on with the, with the hip hop. Uh, yeah. But overall, it was, it was it, funny. It was very funny. I was, I was, I was laughing a lot. In this. There was um, one, one very serious line that always, that always stuck out for me when I watched it. Um, it's when uh, Albert was, was back home, after he got released and had the, the party for him at his, at the house and everything. And he went outside to talk to his, talk to his father. He was outside, you know, washing, you know, washing the, the, the truck down. And he's the kind of look at him like, Son, you know, what are you doing? Like, I busted my behind to to provide for you, and this is what you're gonna do. He's like, you know, you're not tough. He's like, you ain't from the street. I'm from the street, and only someone that wasn't would be the one that would try to glorify it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, why are you even trying to do this? <laughs> and I, that line always stuck out for me. He's like, you know what? He's right. That's a little. That's a nice little gem of 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 knowledge right there. It's like you know. It's not something to necessarily be glorified because people that are from there are just really trying to make a way out. <laughs> so why are you trying to act like you're from there? Yeah. <laughs> just be you, be authentic. Right. It's like message. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only cameo that wasn't in this movie it was Keenan Ivory Wayans. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's really, I mean, Albert was like, you know, I guess like middle class. So he, he wanted to go into this, assume this gangster lifestyle. Otis had that big family. He had like seven sisters or something, which was Stabmaster Arson. Yeah. Right. And I forget what Dead Mike, right. whose real name was Euripides or Rip. <laughs> I forget what his situation was, but they all just kind of migrated to this gangster lifestyle because they assumed the identities of the real gusto and, you know, formed that group because they, they want to be like uh, N.W.A. Yep. There was another uh, kind of funny thing. Do you remember, like in the late '80s, early '90s, those nine seven six numbers were a big rage. Like you watch late night TV, it's like called nine seven six, whatever, whatever, whatever. They did a whole little skit on that, and uh, 
It, it was funny. All, all types of fetishes and whatnot. Um, yeah, so whatever you're into, they got a 976 number for it. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike was working in behind that one curtain, uh, you know, answering phones, uh, which was a demeaning type job, obviously. But there was a couple of things that I, that I that I noticed too that were that were because because Chris Chris Rock likes to poke he pokes fun at himself a lot, and I noticed that he referenced a couple of other movies that you know characters that he's played. This is the one part where he's um. I guess it was after that conversation with his dad and he's kind of thinking about things and trying to figure out what's going on. And, and he, it shows him like he's smoking and he's, it kind of shows the part from new Jack city when he was playing Pookie, you know, a crack addict. And he's like, <laughs> a crack pipe. He's like, Ooh, and he's going to smoke. And I'm like, Hey, that's a parody of new Jack city. <laughs> and then like towards the, and then at the end of the movie, there's like the whole end credit scene that references, I'm going to get you sucker. And I'm like, oh, look at that. He's choking on himself again. <laughs> yes. But I was like, wow, that's that pretty funny how he threw those in there. <laughs> that's a good pickup. Yeah, I, that went over my head. That was good. I love that last scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Representing, you got changed for a hundred? <laughs> I just watched that clip again today. <laughs> you know, there's some things that, and I always like to ask, what are some of the things that we disliked or questioned? When I referenced like the 976, you know, Mike was working at one, it was like 976 gays. So that was kind of demeaning. Again, it's a homophobic theme that we see from time to time in a lot of these movies because, you know, people were not as open-minded back then. So that was kind of like a little bit cringeworthy where it's like, okay. On that same kind of note, near the end, at the end of The Sting, there's this part where Albert and Otis almost kiss. Oh, which yeah. Which yeah. seemed like gratuitous not from like the, the the gay part of it but like this almost wasn't necessary in the movie yeah. so i, I it, it it seemed that it seemed to land weird with me but on that same kind of homophobic line yeah yeah i, I thought the end was a little bit too predictable too like i it was so obvious that albert or chris rock's character was going to show up when he you know gusto charlie murphy was trying to get with sissy I knew exactly. You could tell exactly what's going to happen. I was like, "All right, I get it. It it worked, but it was a little bit too predictable for my liking." Yeah, almost ran out of ideas right at the yeah. end. Yeah, they put everything up front. They top loaded it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to wrap it up. Oh shoot, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Bow on it. Put a bow on it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You know, I know we talked about the music, so I know we, we all said we kind of enjoyed the music. Did either of you guys own the soundtrack to the to the movie? No, I never owned the soundtrack. It was it was funny though because a lot of the music that was in it, I, it was like music that I own, and I I know that there were some songs that were made mm. specifically for for the movie, but the songs that really you know that really cracked me up besides the the classics. Plus, it's always great they had the classes, but like the original songs that they performed, that which which were parodies, yeah. were even hilarious. Like, wow! Like, I would like I would listen to this and just crack up the whole time through the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> they were done like actual songs, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the soundtrack, and I, I wish I had seen this movie a long time ago, and I would have maybe owned the soundtrack to have the parody songs on there. Yeah, yeah that, that that was good. It's almost like they could have made a whole parody album and it would have been a hit. Yeah, exactly. yeah. They, they put a lot of effort into it. 
could this movie be made today? What do you guys think? Part of me is saying it could be just off of the fact that there's so many, well, not necessarily now, but there was a whole string of spoofs movies that were coming out at one time. And I think that it would have, you know, could have easily came out there and then, but like now it's kind of died down a little bit. You don't necessarily see them as much. I don't know if there's like a, a lack of demand for them. So I don't know if they would even put effort into it. But I mean, if they put, if they tried it, I would, I would watch it. <laughs> I would, I would give it a few minutes just to see where it went. And, you know, if it didn't, you know, grab my attention, then I would flip away from it, but I'd, I'd, I'd give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. I struggle with this too. Not because it, it couldn't be made today, but like, I wouldn't know what they would parody. Like, right. There's nothing like gangster rap now. I don't even know what kind of gangster rap is out now. Uh, and so what, what sort of genre is ripe for parody? I don't know. Trap? <laughs> I have no idea. Is it uh, mumblecore? I, I don't really know. <laughs> right. It's like even like the songs now are parodies of, of hip hop. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I don't think that you could do this exact same formula today. I don't think it would work. But you could take bits and pieces of it. You could parody something else like we mentioned in uh, don't be a menace but i do like the idea of uh, the mockumentary so to speak like we're saying I-, I like that idea and i think kind of i think sasha baron cohen has perfected that art almost right. where <laughs> it's like you don't know if it's you know he's, he's kind of like documenting things but he's going <laughs> he's going down these different uh, avenues that uh, uncovering different things and some of it's real, some of it's like premeditated. So yeah, I guess you can take bits and pieces of it, piece something together. So I guess we want to give it our overall rating uh, we normally do. Unless you guys have anything else to add here. I do have one thing. We should mention Tamara Davis. This was her first feature film which is pretty great this is your as your first film and their next film was billy madison my favorite adam <laughs> sandler movie of that era that was great and so and she you know she was a music video director uh, before she did feature films and she did wild thing by tone loke <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. great <laughs> nice. uh, and some of my favorites from sonic youth and luscious jackson you know she was married to mike d for a while and they're separated now but um, she did beastie boys videos so uh, already had some pretty good credits to her name and yeah then, yeah uh, you know became this uh, film director so this was her first movie pretty good pretty good start <laughs> yeah. yeah nice jump off point yeah that's a great resume there awesome so overall boogie what do you say uh bring that funky flick back bring that, bring funky, that funky flick, flick back, back or leave it in the vault yeah, I think I'm gonna bring the funky flick back just off the fact that I love comedies and like I love the way this was formatted. That that whole fake documentary format, it, it worked for me. And and the references just you know, knowing like those references that they were pointing at, it made me laugh so much that I like I said, I haven't watched this in years. This, I don't remember the last time I watched it before, you know, setting up for this episode, but you know, but prior to that, I've watched it. Like, I don't know how many times. So, yeah, I, I definitely will bring it back. Yeah. What do you think, Dino Wright? 
I'm definitely bringing this funky flick back. <laughs> it's so funny. It, it, it's got so many things weaved into it. It's it's, yeah. it's it's worth it's worth preserving. Yeah, I agree. Bring that funky flick back. Uh, the f- piece of it that and you mentioned was funny. Also, the mockumentary. So much of it is it's a parody because they're sitting in the L.A. traffic for so long. Yeah. <laughs> he gets off the ramp and and uh, the real Gus is like, oh, forget that. I am not going to that mess. Yes. <laughs> and and that that's how uh, Chris Shelley's character can talk so long to uh, Chris Rock's character because they're just sitting in traffic and he's re- recounting uh, the whole story of CB4. So <laughs> that was funny in and of itself is that they're making light of the, the L.A. traffic being so bad. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Bring that funky flick back. Oh, I just realized something I forgot to talk about. The biscuits. <laughs> I did write that down. <laughs> I forgot to mention that too. Oh my goodness, the biscuits, man. Those things were huge. <laughs> That's all like can you imagine like how much water or juice or something you have to drink to wash down? It's like a giant size Popeye's biscuit. <laughs> They actually called big ass biscuits. Big ass biscuits. Yes. <laughs> Put a big slab of butter on the top. Oh man, too many, too many, too many things to laugh at. That was good. That movie was good. There was a pizza place in Philly called Big Ass Pizza or Big Ass Slices, I think. And it was like a donkey was their logo. <laughs> and the slices. Yeah. You've been there, right? That slice of pizza is like a quarter, almost a quarter of a pie or a third of a pie. Yeah. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Special thanks to Susan Berger, Tawanda Edwards, and Allison Yaris. Hit us up at hiphopmovieclub at gmail.com or on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at Hip Hop Movie Club. In two weeks, we'll discuss Do the Right Thing. And remember, don't hate. Incorporate.